Community Conversations with Community Centres SA. Here's Kerry Ackermans. Road safety is always an important topic. And with the road death toll higher than ever, and in fact, when I first started looking into doing this podcast, it was 91 and now sits at 96 in comparison to a total of 71 last year. We're talking today to Senior Sergeant Susan O'Connor about the key aspects of road safety the community needs to know and share amongst your networks. Good afternoon, Susan. Good afternoon and thank you for having me. Yes, wasn't that amazing that that jumped? Yeah, it, it, it just continues to happen. And when you make that comparison, because we did slow down a bit because of COVID, of course. Yeah, we, we did. And last year, I think, was an exceptionally um, low year. I mean, we never talk about it as being a great year because whether it's 71, whether it's, at, you know, 94, 96, it doesn't matter where it sits for us. No life should be lost on our roads. And unfortunately, it just continues to keep on happening. And can I ask, are there tracking and monitoring on what the issue was, why the accident happened? I presume so. Yeah, so all of our crashes are investigated, but in particular with our serious injury and our fatality crashes, our major crash investigation unit um, determine the causes and from there we sort of are guided by how we will operate and force and educate for the you know the coming months and years after those crashes occur. So we sort of do look at the past and work out what we can do to try and stop those crashes happening again in the future. So is there a current top three list, Susan? It's hard to say because it varies and I guess it depends on what time frame you're talking from. But in relation to our fatal five, our fatal five are our five main causes for road trauma on our roads and leading, as is usually the case, is distraction. Um, I think people get very hung up on distraction just being about mobile phones, but it's a lot more than that. It's about your kids being in the back seat and being noisy and distracting you from paying attention. It's about the music being too loud. It's eating food. We have people that tend to read books while they're driving as well. We've had video footage sent in of that before. So distraction for us is, while well, mobile phones is the major focus, there are other things that can distract you, pets on your lap, any sort of thing like that. Um, speeding has also featured quite highly and continues to feature as a, a reason why our uh, lives loss in regional roads or on regional roads continues to be a problem. The faster we go, the uh, harder we hit, I guess, fixed objects. So the injuries caused on regional roads as a result of crashes is, you know, far worse usually than what it is here in metropolitan Adelaide. Anything else outside of that? Is the physical environment, the state of our roads a factor at all, Susan? Yeah, we always look at the roads as well and obviously make recommendations to the Department of Infrastructure and Transport and they address those and um, I guess work through what those problems are. Um, it's not something that we um, usually publicly comment on but it is, uh, I guess, a factor that is looked at when we're investigating all crashes. And also physical environment, do people have roadworks issues, something on the road, is that a factor as well? Yeah, anything that is on the road, uh, any changes to a road, so if someone's familiar with driving on a road and then suddenly a speed drops or there's a, you know, roadworks or there is potholes or other things on the road that they haven't accounted for, anything like that can cause a crash and that's why we ask all motorists at all times to pay attention not only to what they're doing within the vehicle but also their surrounds. And I assume that avoidance is an issue as well if an animal runs out in the road or if there is something on the road and people swerve. I in fact saw an accident yeah. the other day, not fatal or an issue but someone to get out of the way of somebody else moves straight into another lane into another car. Yeah, so swerving is something that obviously people do just as a natural reaction to something being in front of them. Um, in relation to animals, we always say, um, unfortunately for the animal, that it's it's better if the driver just continues to drive. Um, them hitting an animal um, 
can be the issue with that crash is, you know, obviously the animal either gets hurt or injured, but if they swerve and take out a vehicle or a pedestrian or someone else in that other lane or cause that vehicle to go onto the wrong side of the road and take out another vehicle head-on, the impact of that is could be catastrophic. And then, of course, we have fatigue, drugs, alcohol... Yeah, we do. So the others in relation to the Fatal Five are our uh, drink and drug driving, uh, which continues to be an ongoing issue. We also have seatbelts. And again, regional people tend to be a little bit complacent around wearing seatbelts and they're just familiar or they're on a track that they know or it's just two minutes from home. So again, it's a safety device that's in your vehicle that we remind people and we actually require them to wear it by law, but encourage them to always put that on. That can be the difference between you being seriously injured or killed in a crash. And then we have dangerous road users, which includes... I guess all of our other offences, the things like hoon driving, misuse of a motor vehicle and and how you're acting on a road, driving without due care and those sort of things. So there's a lot in the Fatal Five categories. If everybody on our roads were following the road rules and and didn't do any of those offending things at all, then our lives loss would be a lot lower. Of course. And that's exactly what the Road Safety Centre is all about. Can you just walk us through where you work out of and how it works, please, Susan? Yeah, so the Safehole Road Safety um, Centre, um, we're a leader in road safety education in the state. And I guess our main role is to contribute to the reduction in frequency um, and the severity of road trauma within South Australia. Um, We've got educators here who are police officers who are professionally trained and they can come out to any school business community group both here in the metropolitan area and across the state and present road safety information. We start at preschoolers and we work through to older road users and we do everything in between. So we like to think we've got a lifelong road safety um, education program. Cradle to grave, they call it. Yeah, Yeah, correct. Um, so people can jump in at different points depending on what where they are within their, I guess, driving journey. So for our, our little ones, our preschoolers and our primary school kids, we have a lot attend the Road Safety Centre and come here and use the Mock Roadway where we um, you know, educate them on pedestrian and bike safety. And then it progresses through to the older kids and secondary students where we focus on obtaining your licence and you know, peer pressure and driving in vehicles and fatal five and everything else in in that space and then even through to the business groups that have fleet services within their organizations and require their employees to drive so we'll come and speak to them about i guess their obligations as a employee who is in driving work vehicles and the older road users so it's a full suite of things that we offer and do well i noticed um, some other we- things here as well as cold groups weapon yes. cultural where english isn't first language culturally yep. diverse Yep, and we also do, um, we, we do a fair bit in our disability space, so um, the centre is geared up for, in particular, uh, young people or any person with autism, so um, we've done a lot of work here to have the sessions set up so they're accessible for everybody, so we work with um, our international drivers, we worked with our First Nations and also in the disability space as well as, you know, hearing and sight impaired as well, so... If you've got an issue in the road safety space, we've probably got a program that can be either ready to roll out or can be adapted to suit your client's needs. We're talking today to Senior Sergeant Susan O'Connor about road safety. Being a new grandmother, Susan, I'm now very interested obviously in babies. Do you also target parents? Because I can't believe yeah. how much baby seats have changed. We used to literally have a capsule that you'd stick a seatbelt through in my day. They're very yeah, it's, different. it's very, very different now. So we always recommend anyone who's having a car seat or a baby seat fitted within their vehicle to have it done correctly through some of the organisations that do do that. Um, but yes, we do cover off on child restraints and the different age groups and the different rules and regulations around that as well. Because it actually goes up to about eight years old that you need to have a ch- actual seat in a car besides the car seat. 
Yeah, and it, like, my advice for any parent or any grandparent is to constantly check the legislation and the information that's out there because it does change uh, regularly. Uh, anytime there's a safety update or anything else happens, those bits of information. So we do we do speak to a lot of people and they say, oh, but you know, when I had you know my child, and then they're either in there as an auntie or they're in there as a grandparent, and things are very different. So we always advise just to keep up to date with the with the regulations in that space. Where can people do that? Do you have a website that they can do that, Susan, or through your centre? Yeah, so on our uh, SAPOL uh, road safety website. So on the SAPOL website, there's a little uh, drop-down box that says road safety. Um, the Department for Infrastructure and Transport on their site in relation to my licence and those things also has a list of those conditions and everything else that you need to know about legislation on it as well. So where does the centre actually operate from? Is that the Thepperton Police Barracks? It is at the moment. At the moment we're here at Thepperton Barracks on the corner of Port Road and Jail Road coming in from Bonython Park but as I said we do work from here and we also come out to groups, businesses and schools at their own locations too so we've got two options of utilising services. So for the community centres this would be something they could run in their centre that you'd send someone out to? Yeah correct so um, most of our sessions go for 60 to 90 minutes depending on the session that you're actually booking so um, we would send out an educator they come with all of their own equipment they've got all of the IT stuff so if the centre is not set up for um, you know showcasing a PowerPoint presentation or showing videos etc we'll have all of the stuff that can be um, set up to do that. We literally just need participants and need to know what it is you want to hear from us about and we turn up and uh, present our session. Um, we come with uh, road safety merchandise as well, promotional items, so you always leave with a bit of a gift from us and hopefully um, some knowledge that you didn't know before you attended the session. Absolutely. Susan, can I just ask about scooters and bikes and even walking safety tips too? I've started taking walking. All these up, We didn't expect scooters in the past before, the ones around yeah. Adelaide that often we find people are actually falling over where All they're over. left. Yeah. Yeah, so um, e-scooters obviously are very popular around the city at the moment and coming into Christmas I'll probably remind anyone who's listening that if you're thinking about buying an e-scooter as a present for your child, um, the only place you can legally ride them at the moment is on private property unless they're part of the trial that's occurring with the councils uh, in relation to the different areas that have been listed as the precinct areas. So they're not allowed to be private e-scooters and not to be ridden on the road and there's a whole heap of things around you know, registration and what happens when you do have an accident and is it um, how you deal with that unlicensed, all those sort of things. They are something that you need as a pedestrian to be aware of when you're walking around, not just the ones lying on the road, but for people coming past you. So they fall in, the, I guess, the vulnerable road user category that sit with pedestrians and people who use, you know, skateboards and those sort of things too. It's just another thing on our roads that we need to be paying attention to and be mindful of. And now, of course, bikes take up such a big part of our roads, particularly with the Tour Down Under has generated yep. all of this interest. You do see a lot of, of course, bikes have that issue where it's your fault if you go into them, but you see them riding double lane. Are there some yep. key tips around that you can share? Yeah, so again, wherever there's a bike lane, we encourage bike riders to utilise that lane and just to be aware, you're right, they can't be more than two abreast and vehicles have to give them ample space and uh, make sure that they are abiding by the road rules as well. Um, it's probably one of our most topical conversation points when we put up a post in relation to uh, bikes and drivers on our social media site. It gets quite heated between the two parties, um, but it is the road is a shared space and it's something that, you know, as a bike rider, a pedestrian or as a driver of a motor vehicle that you have to be aware of and you have to share the space with everyone that's allowed to use it and 
everyone is allowed to be on it. So with that, the last form I want to talk about is walking because I've started doing a lot of walking. I noticed a lot of streets that pretty much don't have street lights. Whose responsibility yep. is that? And is the old adage that you should always walk facing up towards the traffic, is that true? I think it depends on the circumstances and the road that you're actually walking on. Um, street light issues are usually um, council related issues and again depending on it's a hard one to comment on I wouldn't want to tell someone that they should be walking on a road when it's a 110k zone in the middle of a regional area and it's dark at night we just wouldn't recommend it. We do have fatalities where people are walking and don't get seen or we've had fatalities where people have walked home they think they're doing the right thing they've walked home whilst they've been drunk Mm. and they've decided to have a, a rest on the side of the road and they've laid down and actually had a sleep and then they've been run over by a car because oh, the car hasn't seen them. So it's, I guess, important as a pedestrian. You also have obligations and probably as a pedestrian who is drinking, um, if you're with mates, I guess it's everybody's responsibility to get their friends home safely. And that's, or you might take their keys away, letting them then leave on, on foot to head home is also not necessarily the safest option. So, um, yeah, walking head on into traffic, I mean, you're able to see what's coming at you as opposed to what's coming behind you. But again, you just have to be able to walk in a area that's safe. And if the road isn't safe to do so, just don't. It's, it's like everything we do on the road, it's just not worth the risk of losing your life. So Susan, again, what's coming to me really clearly is it's about knowing the rules, following the rules, but it's also yeah. about self-accountability, self-responsibility. Yeah. If you're walking, riding, on a scooter, driving, whatever you're doing, at the end of the day, it rests with you as the individual to do the right Correct. thing. Correct. So our tagline for our road safety centre is road safety, it starts with me. And it does, it starts with you as a person, whether you're the passenger in the vehicle and you're the one being noisy, whether you're the driver and you're not acting responsibly, whether you're the pedestrian, you know, jumping out in front of traffic or throwing things around the road. If you're a cyclist not wearing a helmet, it doesn't actually matter what it is. We think that line for us sort of fits all of the things that we have issues with or all of the behaviour that people aren't complying with. So it's about you knowing what you can and can't do in the road space and whilst being a pedestrian driver or cyclist and then making sure that to your best of your ability you're abiding by all of those things and you're being safe in the process. I've been talking to Senior Sergeant Susan O'Connor about road safety, some very important messages. So Susan, how do we find out more? For any of our services, you can jump on the SA Police website, click the road safety button on the top right-hand corner, and that will direct you to, I guess, all of the sessions that we have available. All of our sessions are free, and as I said, we cater from for any groups and any numbers, and we can come to you or you can come to us. And then there's a booking information, email and phone number on there that you can contact, and we'll uh, come out and see you. Thank you very much for talking to us about this very important topic today. No worries. Thank you for having me. Community Centres SA advocates, connects and raises the profile of community work by sharing stories to help our community sector with this weekly podcast. Community centres are open for anyone and provide place-based activities to enrich the lives of people in our communities. Look out for the next episode and please share our podcast to your networks. Keep sending us your valuable feedback and suggestions for interviews to info at communitycentressa.asn.au. Community Conversations. For more information, check out communitycentressa.asn.au.